0: Hello and welcome to Running With Problems. I'm John Eisen.
1: And I'm Miranda Williamson.
0: Running With Problems is a podcast about the challenges we face as runners, from navigating our bodies, dealing with social dynamics, to facing personal trauma. Miranda, how are you doing?
1: (laughs) I'm doing really well. We had a really good weekend skyline traverse.
0: Oh yeah, the skyline traverse. That is a famous route in Boulder that traverses the five highest peaks along this pseudo-mountain town.
1: Yeah, I had a little work trip to Phoenix, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of draining. Um, I find work travel to be really draining, and so um, it was very rejuvenating to do the skyline traverse and just be out there with some of my favorite humans.
0: I also joined you, and it was my first skyline since my injury, which is very big for me. I love the skyline. It's This was my 32nd completion of the five peaks in a single run uh so i love it uh, 32 is a lot of skylines usually lot. it takes about a you know anywhere from four to six hours for most running humans yeah <laughs> so it's quite a few and this one was really nice i enjoyed the time with our friends and time with you out there in the beautiful weather this weekend
1: it was and, uh, I got some good news, some good work news. Oh, what's that? I got a promotion and I'm now the director of my department, which is admissions and recruiting for Seed Spot.
0: Oh, that's exciting. Congratulations. Yeah,
1: thank you.
0: It's as if I'm just learning it right now.
1: I <laughs> know, I'm really excited. Um, it's one of the healthiest organizations I've ever worked for. I love my job. I love supporting um, entrepreneurs and building their businesses. So um, I'm really, really excited for this next chapter at my place of work.
0: And I'm excited for you. And if you want to help support us here at this podcast, please go and rate and review us in your podcast app. (laughs) We would love to get that rating review. It helps us. We're starting to think about spreading the good word
1: yeah thinking about um branching out and doing maybe a little bit of marketing yeah
0: like how can we work more on this podcast
1: yeah we really enjoy it and we hope you all do too
0: we do love it uh i want to do a quick check-in with uh some big news in the trail community that came Uh out today uh the world trail majors was announced which is an independent coalition of nine races across the globe to present an alternative to competing in the UTMB series. You know, we recently mm-hmm. had our UTMB Whistler episode, uh, and obviously, there's a lot of talk in the trail world about UTMB. And I'd encourage if anybody was like thinking, "Oh my gosh, I, I hate what's happening in Whistler to Gary Robbins." But I don't know like what to do if I don't compete for UTMB stones. Uh, highly recommend go check out the World Trail Majors. I'm currently listening to the Free Trail podcast where they have a very informative interview of four of the race directors of the various independent uh, races that make up the World Trail Majors. Go check it out. Cool. Yeah, very exciting. Um, I don't think it'll change anything about what I want to (laughs) do, but uh, for the elites out there that want to compete in the global spotlight, I think this is a great alternative to the UTMB World Series.
1: I love that. Do you want to intro our topic for today? Yes, yes.
0: What are we talking about today? (laughs) We are talking about winter running.
1: Yeah, we're we're excited to share this topic because we are approaching winter quite rapidly.
0: Yeah, Boulder's already had two snowstorms. Yeah. And uh, we've already had some running on ice and snow. We had to spike up on the skyline. Well, I didn't spike up because I don't, but...
1: I did because I am... Ever since my ankle injury on Long's Peak, I'm a little scared of re-injury. A little nervous. I have a little fear in me topic for another day.
0: I like living on the edge.
1: (laughs) And we talk a lot about tips and tricks to make um, winter running more enjoyable. Gear tips. Yeah. Um, John goes into um, technique, running technique tips.
0: Yeah. And just a big content warning. There's a lot of gear talk (laughs) in this episode. More than usual. But uh, Miranda tries to keep it light, intersperse a bunch of stories in there. This is all from our experience. None of the companies or brands we talk about in this episode are sponsored or are sponsor us or sponsored uh, on this podcast. Um, yeah, cause, cause just do- all, of,
1: all of our advice. Yeah, it's just learned. our
0: advice, some lessons learned. I like to say that everything I learned about trail running, I learned through failing. So this is my attempt to share some of that knowledge of how to run in the winter And uh, survive uh, and have some fun.
1: Yeah, and enjoy it. And I have one tip, actually, that we forgot to mention. Oh, what did
0: we forget?
1: And, okay, this is huge. There is this delicious chai here in Boulder called Sherpa Chai. I like the spicy version because I'm not really a sweet gal. But really, any delicious chai will do. You're a sweet gal. Oh, thanks. I mix it with cashew milk or oat milk. And I put it in my Fellow little canteen. It's about a twelve ounce, you would say sixteen, maybe. You know?
0: Yeah, it's like a vacuum insulated, uh, um, like mug. Yeah. So any vacuum insulated mug, like a Zojirushi, Fellow, yeah. um, the HydroPack, these they yeah. all make good vacuum insulated mugs. With a just screw to keep on it ma- top. just to keep it super hot.
1: I make you want it, it. You want it yeah, really you hot want it really at the hot. top. So I make it in the morning. Um, occasionally I will bring the little reusable cups you get at races and share it with my companions, or I'll just, you know, sip it myself when I reach the peaks and it is to die for hot chai at the peak of a cold mountain. Oh my gosh. This is the best tip I think we have given for this entire episode
0: yeah let us know if you get up there and drink some hot chai or uh any other hot beverage of your choice hot apple cider hot coffee
1: on new year's i spiked it with whiskey
0: Ooh,
1: (laughs) we always do a new year's day run
0: yeah of course who doesn't (laughs) well i think that tip that's a great tip just a general one and uh I think there's nothing else to say other than let's get to the episode, Winter Running 101 with John and Miranda.
1: Enjoy. So today we're talking about winter running, which I'm really excited about for a couple of reasons. One is, as most of you know, I moved to Boulder, Colorado three years ago, and was you know dropped right into a winter and did not know, quite know how to tackle the experience of winter running Where
0: did you come from
1: I came from San Diego
0: San Diego they uh they're known <laughs> for having quite difficult winters
1: <laughs> Quite the opposite mild winters I think
0: if you talk to San Diegans they would they would agree with me that their winters are quite difficult to deal with
1: Oh uh,
0: Can you imagine like If when it's like the high is only sixty, all winter, (laughs)
1: it's so hard. No, occasionally it got down to forty. Okay, occasionally, but you
0: did have beach days in January, right?
1: That is correct.
0: Yeah, it sounds difficult if there's only one or two beach (laughs) days in January. I mean. Could you imagine?
1: (laughs) So um, needless to say, winter running in San Diego was not a problem or a challenge that I ever had to deal with. So coming to Boulder, it was now um, something I, a challenge I had to face.
0: Very much so. I mean, Boulder is not Minnesota. Uh, We have, I would call them somewhat mild winters, but they they are full of weather, full of various conditions. Um, anything in Colorado, you can get, you know, we get some of the hot hottest days in the summer and some of the coldest days in the winter, <laughs> but, you know, day to day, it's generally pretty good living, but it's more winter than San Diego for sure. Yes.
1: So I'm really excited that as we enter winter, that we're going to record this podcast. Yeah. Honor of entering the winter season and for really for anyone who um, is, you is excited to learn more about running through snow and weather and different conditions. And, and I'm going to just add, I've realized that my winter running experience, which was, I tackled it head on and looked to John as a role model. And yeah. We'll probably get into why that is. I mean, we this. can just get into it. Okay. Let's get it. But I want to finish this thought before okay. we get into it. Okay. Um, I realized that not, everyone has had that experience winter running. Lots of folks here in Colorado seem to take the winter off or really easy.
0: Mm -hmm. And go a little
1: bit into hibernation. pretty normal. Um, And I instead decided, like, all right, I'm going to learn how to do this.
0: I think also a lot of people, um, a lot of serious runners, like even a lot of pro athletes, will switch to winter sports in the winter. That's a pretty healthy thing as well. I don't yeah. think we're here encouraging people to not ski as much. No. But for people like you and I, who I guess I'll just say, like, I derive so much enjoyment out of running that I, I try to find a way to run year round.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't enjoy that much about winter sports. I grew up in Georgia, it's not the winter sports capital of the world um, or of anywhere. Uh, And so, like, I just didn't notice how to ski early. I didn't, like, I'm not comfortable on skis. I can ski, not comfortable on skis. Mm -hmm. I think in the future, maybe I would be interested in exploring more about some ski work um, outside of resorts in the future. But for now, like, what I want to do in the winter is run. And because, I mean, I love moving on my two feet outdoors. And so just because it's snowy and cold and dark... Does not mean I stopped.
1: Yeah. And I'm a snowboarder, um, but I did move here during the pandemic. And so snowboard- snowboarding at resorts wasn't really a thing happening. No. Um And it wasn't really easy. And, uh, and there was just a lot of hurdles to that. Um, and, and I'll add, it was a new adventure, a new challenge. It was like yeah. learning a new activity. It,
0: I mean, I think that's the point of this episode is that we want to s- tell you that winter running is... It takes kind of more, it takes definitely more skills and yeah. more pre- preparation. Yep. yep. And, and we want to help anybody who uh, is looking for some help with, uh, with their winter running. If they're, if, if they're not looking forward to winter, if they're looking forward to winter, like we want this podcast to, you know, help support you. So we're going to go through a big list of stuff. Uh, and that true you can to our
1: use. style, we're going to tell stories and yeah. be engaging along the way.
0: Yeah. No, I actually, I think this one, we're going to be pretty boring. <laughs> uh, let's start with how we got it, like our beginnings winter running. Uh, Miranda.
1: So I moved here in 2020, as you all know, and um, was hit with a really uh, immediate snowstorm in September.
0: Oh my God, that storm, yeah, that was a very early storm. I mean, Colorado known for wild weather, so, you know, chalk it up to whatever. Yeah,
1: and everyone's like, this is abnormal. And I'm like, this is my first time here. I don't know what, I don't know. It was
0: a winter level storm before the leaves had turned, which meant all of the tree branches came down in town, which is bad. And it was
1: 90 degrees the day before and then dumping snow. And I mean, it was a lot of snow. A lot. seventy
0: a seventy degree differential in twenty four hours is not unheard of, <laughs> of in Colorado, honestly.
1: Um, okay, and then fast forward about a month, a couple mm-hmm. months, two yeah, months. I met months. Months. John.
0: Yep, yep. And, and we I, we'd started texting, whatever, kind of dating.
1: Yeah, and I'd been running with this the group, the Boulder Trail Running Outlaws, which we've definitely mentioned before on the mm-hmm. pod. And everyone went there with kind of badass, like the winter just didn't phase them. Like I kept talking and asking questions, and just I was like, really. Do you
0: guys run in the yeah, winter? Yeah, I was
1: like, what's what's going on? What's going to happen when it snows? And then it snowed, as it inevitably did. Yeah. Again, this was in November, and so about three
0: years ago today. Yep, uh-huh. you know, not today, but maybe this month.
1: Yep. Uh huh. And John sent me a message. It was a Facebook Messenger message, and was like, "You want to go for a run?" This and, is before
0: I had her number. I mean, that's why it's on Messenger.
1: And it was a snowstorm, and I was like, "No, no, uh, no!" I didn't even know like what you would wear. What I didn't have any concept of how to tackle running in a snowstorm, and which gets funny as the stories. Come later. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, then John sent me pictures from his run, and it just looked like he had such a beautiful time. And he was like, I could hear it in his voice. It's that.
0: I think I called you on that run because I had invited you so much onto it, and you were like, no, I can't possibly do that. I I was like, I don't know. I I I still wanted to engage you in the experience.
1: Yes, he definitely did because. You as a runner, you can tell when someone has that runner's high—that oh, yeah. that total, uh, you know, joy from the experience—and mm-hmm. I could tell that he had that, and I was—I wanted it, I wanted it. So I really started looking to John as like my idol in winter running. Oh,
0: <laughs> I mean, we can just be role model idol. Idols, a, idols—a big word.
1: All right, role model. Did idol. you pray at my feet? No.
0: Then not idle.
1: <laughs> I mean, kind of. I was like, well, what, "What are you wearing on your feet?" What's oh yeah, yeah, there? yeah. <laughs>
0: we, we and we will get to we will get to some of the gear. Um, yeah, I, I definitely, you? I definitely acted as a mentor toward you. Yeah. Uh, part of that was just trying to appear tough in dating you because I wanted to that to be my the way I showed up in the relationship. Um. Oh, But part of it also is I'm just kind of used to it. Uh, Yeah, I've, well, I mean, for the past five years, I've run NiWatts Challenge, which is in April and May, which means I'm training through the winter. And uh, prior to that, I had role models that were uh, winter runners. So when I started running, and that was after I moved to Boulder, I was sedentary before I moved to Boulder. Um, This is about 10 years ago when I was in my late 20s. Moved to Boulder, started running with this group called Trails and Ales. They uh, met at 6.30 on Wednesday evenings, all different trailheads. And we would run uh, some route, and then we would go get a beer. And it was pretty fun. And I ran with them for, I don't know, it must have been six years, something like that, before I had a falling out of sorts. But this podcast is not about that. Uh,
1: For another day. Definitely
0: um but I'll be
1: uh leaving a run community oh
0: gosh yeah we'll have to cover that yeah uh yeah so but they run year-round and I was looking for community I was looking for friendship I had had some a lot of difficulty making friends prior to that prior to moving to Boulder and you know being part of this run club that met once a week was just um yeah it was very new to me very very engaging from a friendship perspective and so I, even though I really wasn't a runner I definitely didn't identify as a runner I ran I mean if I ran a lot I was running 10 miles in a week but I started running with them and and of course I was running in the winter because they ran in the winter and I was still looking for friendship and I was looking for that group and so uh, I learned what to do from them. I looked at what they were wearing. They were wearing.
1: Oh, and Solomon is so good at this. Oh, when yes. he wants to do a race, an event, he starts watching the videos oh and just Well, I mean, we're
0: attention. really just talking about Barkley, okay, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, we're talking
1: about Barkley, yeah. He's <laughs> watching the videos and looking at what headlamp everyone's wearing. Oh, my wearing. God, what I did this. Have? What gloves are they wearing? I watched
0: every Barkley documentary, paused in certain screens so I could see what people were wearing.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I've yeah. I just bought,
0: we'll get to headlamps, but I just bought a headlamp based on, because I saw it, on like six people's heads during the UTMB coverage, and I was uh-huh. like, "Is that a new headlamp?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I literally never do this, but this is um, this is my husband.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I want to be where the people are. I want to wear what they're wearing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I didn't know what, anything about what I was doing, but this is how I was introduced to running. I mean, I moved here in June started running with that group through the summer but that first winter like I was taught by what they were doing I wore I wore the headlamps they were wearing I, I bought the jackets they were buying and I bought the shoes you know and but just being in that group and being a part of it I I figured it out and I think over a year over the years I've come to have my own style and own preferences but um, I was sort of just thrown into it I needed I needed camaraderie I needed friendship and that was the group and they were running in the winter and so I ran in the winter and now I feel like running in the winter especially in Boulder is I wouldn't say it's a non-issue I would say training in the winter is kind of difficult Uh, if you're just running casually in the winter it's very it's very doable
1: my preferred way of going yeah
0: Well, let's get into it. Yeah. Okay, let's start with some caveats. Mm -hmm. For the first part, we are talking about trail running here. If you're running, um, winter running on roads primarily, uh, we don't have a ton to say. I mean, obviously, you should wear some lighting and uh, (laughs) some safety equipment, especially if you're in the city, Uh, but that's not really where we're going to focus because we don't. We don't really have those needs here. We're talking primarily about running on trails, where we have snow and dark and cold.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: um, also, we if we mention any temperatures, we're talking about Fahrenheit, and we're talking about in dry temperatures. So if I say mm-hmm. twenty degrees, that means twenty degrees in Colorado. Uh, that's Fahrenheit. You know, in Celsius, that is somewhere around negative nine degrees, and. Uh, you know, if you're in the East Coast and you want to take this advice at face value, that 20 degrees is probably 28, 30 degrees in the East Coast just because humidity makes everything feel colder.
1: Yeah. Oof, did I learn that when I was in Frozen Head State Park? Oh, God. <laughs> that, that, um, it was cold
0: this year. It was cold. This it
1: was cold, but it felt colder than that cold feels here.
0: Sweet. So, yeah, 14 minutes into this pod, we can actually start talking about gear. Let's Let's go. Number one, I'm going to start with gear, and we're going to start with layers. So, yeah, let's start with base layer. Like, what do you wear touching your body?
1: Yeah, well, for me, it would be a a long-sleeve smart wool shirt and insulated pants. And that is something I just learned last year. About the insulated pants.
0: Yeah. So insulated kind of meaning like fleece lined.
1: Yes. And that has been a game changer for me. When it gets, especially in the the teen degrees, teens or even um, like lower, like 10 degrees, that is... Essentially your legs, which you which you always talk about not having as many cold receptors. Well, yeah, I don't well, think Well when do. you get in ten degrees, they have a lot of cold receptors.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think yeah, if we're talking about base layer, it's so much more important to focus on your torso rather than your legs. Legs are important to cover for sure but you do have less cold receptors in your legs. Your legs will survive in cold better than your torso. So if you're only buying one piece of cold equipment, cover your torso. Get a I mean Smartwool is a brand. Um I I We're love, not
1: sponsored by them by the way. You're not sponsored by them. But if you Smartwool. want to sponsor us But we like now, Smartwool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we like Smartwool. I wear Smartwool as well. Um, I will, I'll also wear some other wool brands like icebreaker, um, or, uh, I don't know. I have another one. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, wool, a wool long sleeve shirt honestly is even too hot for, for a lot of sub temperatures. Me. Yeah. And I think through this, you'll realize Miranda has a bit higher temperature level where she'll switch to winter clothes than me. But, uh, yeah, I also agree that, like, having just, like, a wool layer, it does it does a lot for you. It keeps you really warm in many different temperatures. If you get hot towards, like, you know, if you're running uphill and you're in the middle of your run, you might be burning a bunch of fuel in your body and, and your body gets hot. The wool's going to really adapt to that much better than, say, if you were wearing some, like, thick cotton thermal layer. Yep. Okay, and then outer layer, shells. Yes. I, I think shells are super... Important. This is one of my most valued assets in my running wardrobe. Yeah. I have, uh, I have an Arc'teryx GORE-TEX shell. I believe it's the Norvan SL. If you guys, I mean, it doesn't matter about the specific brand or um, product, but we are talking about a single waterproof layer that you can throw, you can pack up really well, so it goes in a running vest really easily, and then you can put it on and it will change everything about yeah. your the way your the heat is trapped in your body.
1: I'm actually going to disagree with John about the brand not mattering.
0: Okay, Arcteryx is amazing.
1: Yeah, because I started out, of course, moving here. I, I struggled with like what to get and what brands to get. And I did start out with like a Nike brand. Um, and then oh, I no. also went with a Run Rabbit. And I'll complain about that in a minute after we finished all this, oh, gosh. these thoughts. Yeah, but... No. Um, the Arcteric is phenomenal, and it makes a huge difference in the temperature being kept inside and close to your body.
0: Yeah, when I say brand, doesn't matter. I mean, you should be, if you're buying a winter running jacket, buy it from a winter brand. Uh, things like Arcterics, Patagucci, I'm sorry, Patagonia, <laughs> uh, and uh, North Face are great brands. Mm-hmm. There's also plenty of other smaller ones. Himali, um, yeah. n- there's that one that's kind of like vi- got the Viking head.
1: i don't know yeah anyway
0: uh yeah so like nike running rabbit um both of these brands are more for like good weather running
1: yeah nike is based in oregon and and i lived in portland for four years Mm -hmm. and i think the coldest it got there when i was there was one year it got to 19 degrees
0: honestly they're more fair weather running kind of clothing companies yeah I mean I, and I love rabbit I don't love Nike that much but I love rabbit like run uh run in rabbit uh rabbit clothing they are love it they have love some it. of the most amazing apparel for the way it feels but as far as winter running goes I, I can't recommend them
1: yeah no can I tell you my story now go ahead does that make sense at this point yeah okay so um I walked into a running store when I first moved here and was like I really need a running jacket And I won't name the store because I don't really want to out them.
0: Boulder Running Company.
1: And I was like, I really need a running jacket for the winter. I don't know what's happening. It's getting really cold. And I looked at a puffy jacket. It was a North Face puffy. And I was like, maybe that one would work. And the guy was like, you may as well wear the snowboarding jacket you're wearing right now. And I was like, oh, okay. I was totally shamed in that moment. And he's like, here, you should buy this one. And he hands me a run rabbit jacket um, with, like, breathing holes underneath the arms. And, like, it was just very lightweight. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll get this one. That was the worst purchase I've ever made. I think I didn't explain to him well enough that um, I run... In trails on the in the mountains
0: in the darkness in
1: the darkness when you don't
0: uh, like solar radiation has an effect like it'll make the temperature feel like ten degrees warmer. So I was he judged you as a fair weather runner.
1: I was very mad about buying that. I was mad at myself for listening to this guy, and I was mad at him for um, not asking more questions to understand what type Mm. of running I was doing, Um, and so I. I definitely gave that jacket away because I, it made me mad every time I looked at it. And I will straight up wear a puffy jacket on some very cold running nights.
0: Yeah, I think Miranda's, the way her circulation works, oh, we should probably mention Slavic. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, we should. <laughs> uh, the way her circulation works, she she just it gets colder easier than I do. Um, and she ends up wearing a... A nano puff that's like sort of the fake puffy Patago- Patagonia. Uh, I was about to say Patagucci again. <laughs> um, the Patagonia, like very light nano puff, uh, just to get like that puffy layer is super insulating. Keeps your heat inside you. That's yeah. what it does, uh-huh. and it's very effective. And Miranda ends up wearing it quite a lot in the depths of winter.
1: I do, and I don't regret it. So. That guy that sold me the Run Rabbit jacket?
0: No. Well, that was the first jacket I recommended you buy. (laughs) Right?
1: The the Patagonia one. The Patagonia one, yeah. And I did buy it.
0: Yeah, that and a good pair of gloves, but we're not there yet. (laughs) All right, so we talked about shells. We talked about base layers. I mean, in between, I don't think there's a lot to say. You just wear, like, whatever you got. You know, if you got a nice, you know, if you got some base layer, whether it's a short sleeve or a long sleeve, you can throw a thermal layer on top of that. There's a lot of good thermal layers. I don't think um, material matters as much. It's just like, oh, you're just building up your layering so that layering is super important for running because you're going to start out cold and you're going to get warmer. Yeah. If you're, dis- if, you're, if you're going up a mountain, you're going to be hot on the way up and cold on the way down. And so okay. having layers... Just super important. Build with layers.
1: Yep, um, like the run we went on this weekend, we experienced so many different. Oh my gosh! Yes,
0: we did the Boulder Skyline
1: yeah.
0: uh, yesterday. Yes, it was excellent. And up at the top of the eight thousand foot peaks that tower above Boulder, we were pretty chilly. It, it was windy. it was a little windy. I'd say like wasn't like super windy, but it was like twenty mile an hour winds sustained. And, yeah. like, it was just, and the air temperature was probably 30 degrees up there. Yeah. We were walking on, hiking up on snow, and it just felt pretty cold. Yeah. But by the time we finished the run, it was about 55 degrees, direct sunshine. In Colorado, it felt like 75 degrees, 80 degrees. Mm-hmm. It felt hot. Uh, there was no, no, sun, no wind moving. We were on a ridge climbing. It just felt hot. Yeah. So, like in the same run, we were, we were too cold, chilled to our bones, and and down to, uh, down once we got down, it was a lot very hot.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It's a good run.
1: It was a good run. We'll talk more about that in the intro.
0: I love that run, particularly because of how many different weather systems you can experience in this town.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, moving on. Yeah. Gloves
1: love this is crucial this so can a make a lot of break people your break your experience
0: yeah you don't want to feel like you have cold hands it's hard to get over it won't kill you to have cold hands mm-hmm. you can even lose feeling in your hands not going to kill you but it's going to be pretty uncomfortable
1: yes and john my idol taught me so much. He was like, he told me early on, he's like, if it's cold enough to go skiing, you wear skiing gloves.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's ridiculous. It, it,
1: it's not. It was changed my life.
0: Like, like, you're taught, I think a lot of people, like, they go to the traditional run stores, like, we just told said, and they're like, I want gloves for running. And they give them these tiny gloves that are good for when it's 40 degrees out. Yeah. But, like... If it's cold enough to be on, like to ski down a mountain, you should probably be wearing ski gloves because those actually keep your hands warm. When you're running, your hands are not going to get a lot of blood flow. They just aren't. Like your body is prioritizing flowing uh, blood to your legs and your whole backside because that's where all of your power is coming from, your torso because that's where your body works yeah. the last place it's pumping blood is your hands so you need to keep those bad boys nice and juicy warm so i suggest get a nice pair of ski gloves if you're going to run in sub freezing temperatures
1: life-changing i wear liners with um full-on mittens over the top
0: like yeah big Mint- mittens, mittens over gloves and it, i think it's yeah. harder to find good mittens because most things are gloves but like I mean, you're not doing that much with your hands when you're running.
1: No, you need the liner and then you need the mittens that hold it all together and keep it warm.
0: The nice thing about mittens is is that you can run in colder temperatures than the gloves will provide warmth for. And that way you can just take your thumb out of the thumb hole and you just sort of ball your hand up in the mitten. And this will help you like get through. Maybe you're just maybe you're running out on a mountain ridge or something where, like I said, temperatures get really cold for a mm-hmm. temporary period of time. You can have these techniques to sort of keep your hands warm while you're in the cold area, and then once you get out, you can go back to like running normally. Another technique one of my friends um, uses. I won't mention his name because, uh, yeah, he doesn't. Like, he's a big security guy. Anyway. Okay. He likes to put his hands in his pockets. So he likes to wear pants that have, like, regular pockets. (laughs) And he will, like you know, usually he's hiking with poles. And so he'll put both poles in one hand and he'll put his other hand in his pocket. And I just think this is great. Like you can use your body warmth to keep your hands warm if you're in a temperature that's a little colder than what your gloves are providing. So if you think it's going to be like a variable temperature during your run, just like think of these techniques to like keep your hands warm and so that you're not too uncomfortable. Don't yes. just leave them out if they're cold. Once they start to get cold, they can get really really cold. Yep. And so you're going to want to you're going to keep your hands warm uh manually using your body heat and also balling up in a mitten is good.
1: The mitten. Yeah, that li- changed my life.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, my computer froze. All right, here we go. Next topic is tights.
1: Tights. Well, we, well, we already, already kind of talked, talked about, about that. Yeah. Well, with I just want to talk
0: about like so we got There are, you know, people have sort of loose-fitting sweats. People have basic tights that are just sort of like a nylon or like some sort of polyester material. And then you have fleece-lined, more insulated tights. Mm -hmm. And I think all are very useful in your winter running closet. Um, I also want to mention that uh, a lot of men are afraid to wear tights. Maybe not a lot, maybe just some. I don't know, but I do notice that a lot of people like to wear shorts over their tights, and you know, so as to not uh, show their junk everywhere.
1: Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. <laughs> this is a that. thing. Okay. It's a total
0: thing, and I just want to encourage every man to fucking wear the tights. It's fine. Like it is the warmest, mm-hmm. lightest option for running, and
1: I don't. Nobody's judging your
0: junk. It doesn't matter. No. So just just put on some tights and run. It's fine.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, these days I'm running with some half tights even, which are really great. Not winter.
1: Yeah, they look real good on you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, so fleece lined, really good in, like, uh, honestly, like, so just to give you a, a basis of where these temperatures start to change my, what I wear, around, like, 50 degrees I'll switch to... Um, to a long sleeve, around 40 degrees, I'll switch to tights over shorts. And then around 30 degrees, I'm starting to layer and make sure I am covered uh, head to toe. Yeah. And then around 20 degrees, I'll start to put on fleece-lined or insulated tights. And then in 10 degrees, I put on everything.
1: And I start that process, I'd say, a little sooner yeah and then I also I would say the difference between uh, John and I is like yesterday's run. John prioritized keeping cool, and I prioritized keeping warm
0: because I knew the cool was temporary like yeah. what it's only as it's long as you're the at the top of the mountain when
1: you're hitting five peaks, so was the warmth
0: yeah I guess so <laughs> uh, last uh clothing topic is socks um. <gasps> Normally My favorite sh- topic. So per- personally, for me, I wear normal socks almost all the time. But Miranda has a different opinion.
1: I have a different opinion. And I tell this to people all the time. And I feel like I'm not taken seriously. So I hope someone listens today and takes me
0: if extremely
1: you, seriously. If
0: you take this next piece of advice seriously, I want you to let us know.
1: Yeah. And your life will be changed. And you'll thank me for it. What is it? Okay. So first I think I need some backstory. Wait, wait, okay. As I
0: asked what usual. is it? You got you gotta you gotta we gotta deliver. We can't bury the lead.
1: <sighs> Waterproof socks. Yes. Life changing. Now tell us the story. Okay, so this is a particularly horrible run, <laughs> and this was at Centennial Cone. Oh, okay, that one. Um, I mean, there are many others, but this one was probably the worst. It was a very wet day with snow that was unbroke up to your knees at some points. But mostly. it was hot, up so your... the snow was melting. It, w- it was uh, not hot. It was cold, <laughs> and... <laughs> It was a cold day, but when your body is hitting all that unbroken snow and you're like middle of the pack, you're getting wet. It's just the worst. So, this was supposed to be like just a 13 mile run, nothing major. But when you have conditions like these conditions, lots of unbroken snow on the trail, it just takes forever. This run took six hours. Ooh. My feet are so wet and cold, and I am just miserable. Again, this was pretty early on in John and I's dating experience. I was so happy he was not there because the runner type of runner I am, even probably I would say – late into a run, or in the later miles, or in challenging conditions, I'm pretty happy.
0: Miranda's a very happy runner. She likes to show that she's happy, and you're not.
1: I have a giant smile on my face very often. <laughs> um, this was not today. And I think
0: I think foot comfort is very similar to hand comfort, in that it's not something that will kill you, but it is something that will make you happy.
1: It'll ruin your run.
0: It Yeah, or, or the opposite, of course, yeah.
1: This was the most miserable six-hour run of my life. I was grumpy. My feet were so cold. Lots of people moving faster than me. And I also didn't, this was my first giant snow run, so I didn't realize that the downhill was going to be just as hard as the uphill.
0: Oh, yeah. <sighs> uh, yeah. You, I don't know if we're, should we, we should probably add that to the list.
1: Well, we're talking about it now. I couldn't understand how these people were going so much faster than me down the hill in the snow. And I was trying my hardest. My lower back is hurting. Everything's hurting. But more importantly, my feet were big blocks of ice that I was dragging along this entire run. Oh, yeah.
0: Because, like, the snow kind of sticks to the bottom of your shoe. And your feet are now so numb that you just feel like you're carrying around blocks of ice.
1: Yes. It was horrible. And I finished that run, and and the finish was even worse than the rest of it. It was along a very exposed side of a hill, and the wind was blowing, so you're very exposed, and the wind is blowing the little chunks of icy snow into your face as you're running (laughs) to finish this run. And I'm just like in my car, and there's the feelings returning to my feet. It's painful. Ugh, the worst. And then John turned me on to these waterproof socks.
0: I have to give a shout out to my friend John Clark, who just got third place in the max vert October by climbing over 400,000 feet of vert in most, almost entirely on the incline in Manitou Springs.
1: Ooh, go John Clark. Go
0: John Clark. We call him JC. JC. Yeah, JC turned me on to waterproof socks. He's a NWOTS friend, and I turned Miranda on to them, and they have changed her life.
1: They changed my life. Now that I wear, when I wear them, that never happens again. Imagine not even worrying about that happening. Your feet are always dry. Your feet are warm. And one might ask, do your feet get too hot? How does the sweat get out? I don't know who has that problem in the winter running in snow.
0: Okay, so I, I actually do have this problem. Well, okay You then. do know. You know somebody.
1: Well, that doesn't happen to me.
0: So Miranda <laughs> doesn't sweat on her feet very ever. maybe. I don't
1: e- I've never heard of that. Whose feet sweat?
0: Uh, my feet do sweat, and I think even in temperatures as low as high teens, uh, I will prefer to run in a normal sock just to get some venting with my feet but once we get into temperatures very low or in conditions that are very wet and cold like i don't know if i'm running if i have to run through a creek and it's like 20 degrees ambient out i'm gonna put on the waterproof socks for sure
1: yeah well after might, this run i have to I, i'm gonna keep going one more tangent one more so after this run i went into the running store again oh these running stores John has been so much more helpful than these running stores. I wish we had a good
0: running store in Boulder.
1: Ah, milestone come to come to Boulder.
0: Well, I mean, it's just, okay, go ahead.
1: So I go into the running store. and I'm like, what can I do about this? My feet were wet. They were cold. They were, it was horrible. There has to be a solution. And you know what the solution is that is given to me? Oh, the runners I know put plastic bags on their feet. Oh, don't do this. Do not do this. I have
0: a plastic bag story. Okay. Did you put, put plastic bags on your feet?
1: Many times I tried this plastic bag, different kinds of plastic bag. First, I used little doggy poop bags because I thought that would be perfect. No. Nope, they just disintegrated, and then I had balls of, of disintegrated plastic in my shoe. Then I used garbage bag type plastic bags, and those also eventually ripped, but I figured, okay, at least I had... Um, Three hours without wet feet, but not a good solution.
0: It's something that you hear about old ultra runners doing, um, like sort of the generation before us, like call it the aughts or 90s. Back before there was enough gear to support these kind of things. Um, I wore plastic bags on my feet once. I did it during a NIWOTS challenge that was particularly wet and snowy. It had snowed three, four inches across the course the day before. And I was very anxious because I was attempting to go for the hundred that year. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to do it. And I was like, Oh, I have to take care of my feet in the first half. So like, and I would, I had just heard about waterproof socks from JC and he lent his only extra pair to, to my other friend but I didn't have a pair I didn't have enough time to get them from from REI by the way if you want waterproof socks waterproof socks just go on REI search waterproof socks yeah there's plenty of brands
1: and if you want to sponsor us
0: yeah we'll take a sponsorship from (laughs) any waterproof sock brand uh yeah so I wore plastic bags on my feet and that was such a bad decision for that race in particular because there is so much side hilling in that Mm. race I had, my, my feet were just, there's no traction on your feet when you're wearing plastic bags. Ah,
1: yeah, that makes sense, right?
0: There's no, you have a frictionless surface between your foot and the shoe. It's not good because then you're sliding around everywhere. You're building up calluses and, and blisters. And I actually developed a neur- neuroma during that race. <sighs> <laughs> um, uh, and, yeah, it's... In, it's terrible. Don't don't wear plastic bags on your feet. Buy waterproof socks. They're yep. not very expensive. Extremely useful. Yep. Um, yeah, final piece. Oh, we already said socks were the final piece of clothing. So I guess shoes aren't clothing, because now we're talking about shoes. Mm-hmm shoes um let's start with Gore-Tex not Mm Gore-Tex so Gore-Tex is a material if you haven't heard of it it's used in a lot of shoe brands to provide a quote winter shoe something that protects you from water seeping into your shoe do you use Gore-Tex shoes
1: um I would I tend to most of my shoes are just the water resistant kind
0: yeah Gore-Tex is a form of water resistance
1: Yeah, I've I've used Gore-Tex shoes in Portland, which I found extremely necessary because Portland was really wet, Um, but here I I use not the Gore-Tex brand or the Gore-Tex branded ones. I mostly have used just water-resistant, but I like Gore-Tex.
0: All right. Yeah, and I think when Gore-Tex, when we're talking about Gore-Tex, I think we can talk about like non tex water resistance as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Like are you using water resistance shoes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You Always, do? Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. So one of the downsides I find with water resistant shoes is that they trap heat more. And yeah, we, yeah, already said, yeah. we already said, we already said that Miranda doesn't experience heat in her feet. That's a, that's a cool line. Heat in your feet. Heat in your feet. Heat in your feet. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but I do. And so for me, uh, I tend to try and not wear Gore-Tex when there's going to be any sort of heat during the run. Mm. So it varies based on how much you're sweating in your shoes, but you can still run with Gore-Tex. It's very nice when the snow is melting. When we get to the later parts of winter or early spring or late spring, and there's just snow and mud and melting snow everywhere, I feel like Gore-Tex, I'm just taking it away out because I I need to vent all that moisture out. And Gore-Tex will prevent you from venting moisture out, even though it's protecting it from coming in. It can't protect it one hundred percent because above your heel, there's no protection unless you're wearing gaiters.
1: Yep.
0: So, so from a Gore-Tex perspective, I think it's pretty. We both use it, or yep. or or just water resistance in general on your shoes. We both use it, but for me, I will stop using it once everything gets wet in the late winter.
1: Yeah, I'll and I'll continue.
0: Yeah. And then traction.
1: Game changer. Life changing again.
0: So what does traction mean? Define traction.
1: Um, it is little spikes that you put onto your shoes in some way, whether it's uh, the little Cthulhu that you put all the way over or you put the little spikes directly into your sh- the holes of your so shoes. So like the
0: Cthulhu one Miranda's referring to is like a is like a... Rubber wrap that goes around the top Mm -hmm. of your shoe that connects to metal spikes on the bottom of your Mm -hmm. shoe and keeps it uh, tight around Mm -hmm. your foot so that you can run on it. Yep. Basically, mini crampons. Yep.
1: And they will keep you from slipping on ice.
0: If there is one piece of advice I can give out there about traction, it is do not buy Yak tracks. They are the worst.
1: Never had them. I went straight to the Cthulhu. I believe you told me to get them.
0: That's because I see so many. You can always tell someone's a novice winter athlete when they run by you with Yak Tracks. Ah, okay. Probably faster than you because they're running by you as well.
1: But, um, <laughs> Embarrassing. They'll learn.
0: They'll learn. Yak Tracks, just not, not high quality. Uh, the, yeah, the most durable uh, traction devices are the Cthulhu Microspikes
1: yeah
0: um I like the black diamond ones. I think they're very lightweight, very tr- give you great traction, not durable. Almost everyone I know has had them break on them.
1: Yeah, we were talking about that yesterday.
0: Yeah, happens. And then my preference is actually to screw in nails into the bottom of your shoe. so you can use um like uh what are they called sheet sheet metal screws? You can use like sheet metal screws into your bottom of your shoe, but those will deform easier on rocks and road, Mm. uh, which is inevitable in Boulder. Um, You know, if you live in farther north areas, uh, you may be just completely running on ice during your run. But in Boulder, we have mixed conditions.
1: Which actually becomes quite challenging sometimes because it's like to spike or not to spike
0: yeah that is question that- is very is in the minds of everyone before a winter run yeah. so that's why I like to have a shoe that has built in spikes so I'll use uh the la sportiva a t grip hob nails, and what those are are the, they're a special like you know hardier metal so not going to deform as well you screw them into the the rubber part of your shoe, and they have a spike on the other side, Um, and so you screw like, I don't know, 8 to 11, 12 into a shoe um, to make 16 to 24 uh, spikes on your two shoes, and then those provide extra, those provide traction for you on ice, whereas the rest of the shoe will provide traction on rock and dirt. Um, Running on road, it's going to be, it's going to sound pretty odd. It's like uh, like somebody driving by you on studded tires on
1: <laughs> Or like on you have road. a rock stuck in the traction of your right. shoe. I, used to, I get that a lot with my Mizunos, and that's what it sounds like.
0: Yeah, but I love it because it takes the question away. Do I wear spikes? I just put on my winter shoes, and I go. <laughs> so right now I'm winterizing a pair of GS Tams.
1: Yeah, I got a video of him doing it this morning.
0: Yeah, we'll post that later. Uh, once I finish the winterizing process, but uh, yeah, trying to trying to make a speedland winter shoe.
1: so are you excited for winter running?
0: Oh, I am so excited for winter running. I love winter running. I think that it's just such a great time of year. you the headlamp work, just like running with the light there it you get these wonderful feelings after a run where you're hot, but the with the area outside is cold. yeah, it's. It's definitely harder to motivate to run in the dark, but I love it. Yeah. And I think the more I do it and the more I look fondly at it, the more I want to do it next year. Um,
1: Weekend before last and this weekend made me excited for it. Yeah? Why? Well, weekend before last, we ran when it was snowing. It was the first snow of the year. Oh, yep, yep, yep. And we went for a run with the girls. It was the second snow. um, It was the first
0: Yep. Okay, first. I can't and, count.
1: Yep, it was the first. And we went for a run with the girls, and it was beautiful. And it just, I mean, it kept snowing. No one was out. Remember oh, yeah, that run? No reminds. one now was I out. Now I
0: remember. Yes, Thank first you. snow. Yes. That yeah. was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It was chilly. What do you mean no one's out? We saw everyone on top of South Boulder Peak.
1: <laughs> well, okay, our crew was out. The crew that we hang with was out, but otherwise, we saw
0: Fred, no one Larry, was on the lower trails. We saw Anthony from the podcast.
1: Yeah. We saw
0: Hillary Allen.
1: K-Smith.
0: We saw K-Smith. Oh, go K-Smith. If you're <laughs> listening, great luck to you out at UTCT.
1: <laughs> so yes, we saw our friends out on the trail, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. It was us and our friends. That was, it, yeah. was, it was pretty cool. It was cool.
0: Uh, finally to cover the gear, we have lighting. Uh, so I think the three forms of lighting, you have headlamps, waist lamps, and hand lamp, like, like a flashlight. Um, I think that if you are running in winter, you should, you should either get a waist lamp or a headlamp and you should get used to it. Um, get used to running in the dark. If you're lucky enough where you don't have yeah. you don't have something to do during the day and you can run during daylight hours, good for you. But most of us, you know, if you're running at five o'clock in Boulder, you're running in the dark for part of the year. Uh, yeah, it's it, darkness is part of winter, and I yep. think it's something to prepare for, get used to, and not be afraid of. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you fear the dark, you let the dark take over.
1: And it can be married. so magical. We have gone on some. Uh, snow runs with your headlamp that are just the snow is sparkling. Oh yeah, the night is clear. You
0: get you get that dry just snow. Lean
1: into it; it's gorgeous. And um, in regards to what John just said, I I like to bring a little little hand lamp in mm-hmm. my pocket. Um, because, it's a great backup, and because sometimes the back I've needed that backup, or someone else has needed that backup many times.
0: I knew one runner who ran with a handlamp and a headlamp at all times. And uh, that way she could point it wherever she needed to. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah. But, you know, I see some people, some newer runners to the darkness uh, here, and they are just like, oh, the headlamp's weird. I don't want to get used to it. And I, and to them, I say, you should probably get used to it. It is, yeah. um, it is definitely a different kind of way of looking at the world when everything's dark and all you have is your headlamp, like it's coming at the ground from near your head. So you can't really see shadows too well, but you will get used to it. And it, uh, a waist lamp can be a really good way to see those shadows. I find running in the dark to be very enjoyable. Um, As an ultra runner who does hundred mile runs and is not fast I am forced to run in the dark to do the events I, pri- I like. Mm-hmm. And I love just putting on my headlamp and going for a long run. And just, you just, the whole world collapses down to that headlamp's light. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to take care of your kids. You don't have to do <laughs> anything. You just have to look ahead in the sphere of what you can see and run. And that simplicity... I think that's one of the most beautiful things about dark running.
1: Ah, yeah.
0: But maybe that's just me. (laughs) Um, As far as headlamps go, bright ones are better. Uh, (laughs) Like if you see a a high lumen count, it is worth it. Uh, Depending on what you're looking to do, battery life matters, right? So if you're looking to just go to a weekly run, Who cares about battery life? Mm -hmm. If you're looking to run all night, then battery life kind of matters, but just buy extra batteries. You should be okay. If you're looking to run two nights in a row, we'll have another podcast for you. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, brightness matters. Uh, More bright is better. Um, Although if you have the light of the sun on your body, people are not going to want you to run behind them. Mm -hmm. This is more of a courtesy thing, but if if you are running with an extremely bright headlamp, and you're running behind somebody during a group run who has a less bright headlamp, your headlamp is impacting their ability to see because Mm. you are projecting a shadow of themselves into their light. Mm. And so if you have a super bright, um, I would just say, try to run in front. It's the nicer thing to do. And if somebody says, hey, can you pass me because your light's too bright? Don't be offended. You have a bright light.
1: (laughs) And you know, don't be afraid to slow down a little too. I have a little bit less depth perception. Um, before I got LASIK, I had no depth perception, and I'm still a little bit cautious of my depth perception. So I just slow down when it's dark. It's fine.
0: Yeah. A lot of people do. I like to yeah. speed up. <laughs> All right. We're going to switch from gear to running tips.
1: You right, ready? I'm ready.
0: All right. Um, first thing I'd like to talk about is Death Ice. Ooh. No one likes Death Ice. No. Death ice is so named because it's so slippery that like nothing can really get a traction on it. So even if you have micro spikes on, death ice can still be an area where you can slip. And death ice forms um, here through a period of multiple like uh, melt and refreeze cycles, creating this really hard ice that is just uh it's just really really bad right so ice can be tractable like uh, in some conditions but sometimes it's it's very intractable very hard and that we call death ice and that should be avoided but in all costs and you should learn in your area where death ice forms so i know where it forms in the various trails of boulder but um you just need to be aware as you get used to w- winter running it's like oh this spot's. Always slippery. So I'm just going to always be careful here. That sort of thing. Okay. Anything else? Mm. No. All right. Um, Similarly, like, learn to recognize the runnable areas in the winter. Like, if it's white, it's got snow on top, and that means it's probably tractable. If it's transparent or clear and reflective, very bad. Probably death ice. Avoid. Uh, So you want to learn to run on the things that are not slippery.
1: Yeah.
0: And then uh, earlier we mentioned running downhill on snow uh, and uh, and all of the different kinds of snow running. I guess one, one tip I wanted to give was quick steps, short steps, because if you run with short steps, when you slip with one step, your other foot's coming up really quick, so no worries there. And... Um, you also mentioned, uh, Miranda, like your lower back hurting. And I wanted to just I wanted to just add that like when you run in slippery conditions, you will feel different muscle pains.
1: Yes. 100%. Don't be scared of it. It happens.
0: And this is just something over time, these muscles will get stronger. They'll get
1: stronger. They'll get better. My first snow run of the season, lower back, ankles, some weird pain happens.
0: Like that one muscle on the outside of your calf just is on fire for some mm-hmm. reason. And that's because you were wobbling a lot, right? Trying to stay upright. So,
1: yeah, you're lifting your feet higher to get through the snow. The impact is more jarring, hitting your lower back. It's just a lot of things are different. It gets better after a couple of runs. Definitely.
0: Uh, and then I think we'd like to close with a couple tips, uh, just some miscellaneous tips. If you got any extras, feel free to go. My tip is most snow runs end in mud runs. So be prepared <laughs> to get dirty. Have a spot in your house where you store your dirty shoes. Because as soon as you get out in that snow, they're perfectly clean again, but as soon as you win that run, they're in mud again. So uh, most, so shoes get dirty, and also go to your local run clubs. Uh, don't stop going in the winter if they are still going because people bond more in the winter. You know, in the yeah. summer you might have like huge group of people, but when it's when it's super dark and everyone's showing up in headlamps, there's only going to be eight or ten of you or less, and that's when you're really going to create bonds between you and your fellow runners and your run clubs. So go to your local run clubs. Don't be afraid. They still like to have new people, even though they can't see your face.
1: Yeah, I agree with that one. It is a, like a bonding experience to suffer together.
0: It's not that bad.
1: <laughs> I mean, there is some amount of, you know, this is going to be a challenge. I'm getting out there and tackling yeah. this challenge. Um, my piece of advice would be find yourself a mentor. Learn from someone who has more experience winter running and learn from someone you trust.
0: Yeah, don't go to a run store and trust uh, any random person in there. That's nope.
1: nope, nope,
0: nope. <laughs> well, is that going to do it for us?
1: That's going to do it for us.
0: Yeah. Miranda and I, we've we, we have had some great winter running moments. I think one of our seminal moments was hiking bear in a massive snowstorm. Mm-hmm. We've had, uh, yeah, obviously we the story have. mentioned earlier where I was running without her. I think... I think that was the same night that we heard Miranda or that I got a text from Miranda saying that I don't run in less than 40 degrees. <laughs> to which I responded, well, then you're not running for the next six months because it's going to be that bad.
1: has changed. And like, I, I would say another tip in, in the same vein is tackle winter running like you're learning a new sport. You're le- learning a new adventure. Yeah. And I was really... um Really surprised and delighted by how much growth I still had within this sport by learning how to winter run.
0: There's always something new to learn. Yeah. I'm super proud of Miranda and how quickly she adapted to the conditions.
1: Now I, now I shovel the track before I run. The, I'll go out to track club and shovel the track before yep. I run. I don't Sometimes you've got to shovel
0: lane one that's what you gotta do
1: and it was a slow progression for me first winter was that winter we talking about (laughs) next winter I bought a few new pieces of gear that made a lot of difference and then the third winter
0: when you had your insulated pants and waterproof socks uh, nothing could stop you nothing
1: can stop me now
0: (laughs) well let us know about your winter running experiences we're so happy to provide this platform and uh, yeah go get it out there when it gets cold